Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? This is Ben Kissel, and you know who's back with me? I'm staring at his beautiful face, and I missed him when I was in Australia. Uh-huh. Tra- it's me. It's, it's Travis Morningstar. I'm, I'm just passing through. Ben got stood up by Marcus. So oh, no. I'm, Marcus I'm is just a- passing through. Passing through, and what, a, and what a great passerby you are, my friend. Uh, Marcus Parks is currently recovering from a crazy trip to Japan, Tokyo, and Kyoto, which sounds absolutely incredible. Uh, my jet lag is completely clear after Australia. I'm back in the saddle. I'm doing great. Feeling good. So there are a lot of things I want to talk about today. Obviously, we have to discuss what happened on July 4th, America's birthday. 243 years young. Donald Trump had a salute to America. He saluted America, um, which was really fun and everyone had a good time. There were some tanks and some flyovers, but you know what? It reminds me of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because every time you watch an NFL game, this drives me nuts. You always see a flyover, and I'm like, do we need to invoke the United States Air Force when we're about to play a game of grab ass? Do we really need to do that? Well, doesn't the military actually pay for those spots? They do pay for the spots. Yeah, I believe it was 2011 when the NFL signed a multi, multi, multi-million dollar deal with the DOJ so that they can do flyovers just to remind us. That we're in America, in case you forgot. You know, it's good to know that we have planes. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Also have to discuss what's going on with uh, regarding the United States census. It's going to be on your doorsteps any moment now. Donald Trump and his cronies, they want to put a citizenship question on the census. Now, this has not been done. It's never fully been done in the way that they are asking it. In the census. It's never been asked that way. The only time it was close was in 1950. So we'll go through a little bit of that language that was in the 1950 census. But if you need to look any further, no no need to look any further when it comes to the Trump administration's outright lies. If you need an example, 
I don't know yeah, if you need another one, but if you want a perfect example, it's this because literally Sarah Huckabee Sanders said it's been on every single census yes. <laughs> except for 2010, which is literally not even close to accurate. It is interesting how the Trump administration seems to be relitigating the 50s now. Of course, sort of like, we have let's, to. Let's go back to right before uh, Brown versus Ed- Board of Education. Maybe that was the again when we say make America mm-hmm. great again. Maybe it was 1950, the best time to be in a domestic relationship. No. No one was getting hurt. Alcoholism rates weren't through the roof. America was so happy in the 1950s. They weren't suppressed or oppressed. Donald Trump is like a racist Doctor Who at this point. A wonderful version of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. (laughs) Just going to like the worst times in American history. Bill and Ted's bigoted adventure. A lot of fun. So I want to talk about that. Um, Also, there's an interesting uh, article I was reading about young people and employment. Why is it so difficult to get employment when you're a young person. I'm going to talk about that. It's actually really interesting. And, of course, we also have uh, Kamala Harris. She has just released a $100 billion plan uh, to close the racial homeowner gap, obviously, um, black home ownership and white home ownership. If we look at gaps, this is one of the larger ones. Obviously, we often talk about the wealth gap. But in order to have a solid base, a solid foundation, you need a home in many cases. And of course, for a long time, this country has been uh, subject to a thing called redlining. Mm -hmm. Redlining basically is when low income, uh, mostly black folks, uh, oftentimes Latino folks as well, and some white folks as well. It's a, it's a, you know, low income people are not treated well in this country. Um, So it's not just a racial thing, but of course there is a massive racial component to it. Basically, the loans were predatory if they got them at all. It really set back poor communities, specifically of color, for many generations. And home ownership, as I just said, is crucial to starting your life and having a base. Um, So I want to talk about that. And also, in lighter news, Jay Inslee, of course, he's the governor out of Washington. Uh, He is the man who is talking about climate change. And really, as governor of Washington, I've spoken to a lot of my friends in Seattle. They seem to like him. And it seems as if he's done a good job of working with corporate America, because at the end of the day, you're going to have to, and uh, and environmentalists and sort of getting a getting solid climate uh, legislation through in Washington. So I, I take his word. I think that he is really smart on this issue. And of course, uh, you know, being someone that lives in a temperamental state, such as Washington, when it mm-hmm. comes to weather, I think he knows what he's talking about. So he might be partnering or collabing with little Lil Nas X. Now I sound like Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> yes. Lil, Lil Nas X. But he is Lil Nas X. Okay? I'm doing it. <laughs> I hate when I can hear like myself be a 37 year old white man. Yeah, he's Are gonna you... collab with Lil Nas you're, X. You're gonna be the author of Killing Lil Nas X <laughs> in my whole Killing of Rapper series. Yes. Good lord. So, uh, so we're gonna get into that. Well, let's start with the July 4th um, celebration here in one second. Although I do have, you know, I have a little story. Oh, because I was I was at a bar in Australia. I know. Stunner again. I break you, a lot of news. You keep here. rubbing this in my face that you were in Australia. It doesn't matter. Okay. It, it no, honestly, it's a long plane ride, and you know you didn't want to be there anyway. But um, I'm at a bar, and you know what they had in the back, the back there near the near the liquor, it was a Shark Tank. 
And the shark was just in there swimming around. And I said, that shark looks sad and lonely. And they told me what happened. Why was the <laughs> shark sad and lonely? Because they mixed him with another shark. They put another shark in there one time. And they put a bunch of little fishies in there. And they're like, oh, it's going to be a beautiful, like, SpongeBob SquarePants, under the sea world. Everyone's going to have fun. But you know what happened? The shark that is alone in that tank, he ate all the fish. And he ate his other shark. And you know now you know what he is now? Sad and lonely. So it's an analogy, Travis. For what? Don't be mean and don't eat your friends. All right. This is a this is a lesson you had to learn at a bar in Australia is to not I'm saying, is to not literally you, be a shark. If you if you burn bridges, Travis. <laughs> if you burn bridges and you turn your back on your friends and you say, I'm I don't need you anymore, you're just gonna be a lone shark swimming in a tank. Looking and wondering where your buddies are, when in reality they're in your tummy. I, I already learned this lesson by listening to the song "Baby Shark." <laughs> do, 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 do. Do you, have you heard of the Baby Shark I, I song? Have not. I they, have not. They teach this lesson. Okay. You, I didn't need to go across the country. I went to Maine. Recently. I went across the world to learn this. I went to yeah. Maine and uh, they played the Baby Shark song at a baseball game. Okay. And so that lesson is being it is being uh, broadcast, uh, Very not good. just in your little cool bar in Australia. Okay. We're all learning it. It's just we're all I learning thought- not to be a shark. I thought it was a good allegory, a good analogy for life. You can be a shark, but just let other sharks be sharks too. And don't eat all, don't eat everyone. You get it because then you'll be alone. So be nice to people is what I'm saying. Keep your friendships. That's all I'm saying. What? Don't look at me like that. No, I'm just trying to, Did was this a story that was told to you by a bartender because you were just like yeah. hanging out at the bar for four hours and they yes. were just like making shit up to tell no, you? No, it was not a make them up. Because uh, the patrons also said, yes, we used to watch the shark eat all the other fish. And now the shark is alone. <laughs> that, now, that does sound Australian to me. It's very Australian. The the cruel just watching other animals just destroy each other for, for entertainment. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, that was my life lesson of the day. And I think it worked out great. This is why, you know, I don't think I'll ever have kids. But if I did, they would learn a lot about sharks. All right, here we go. <laughs> Let's start talking about the July 4th celebrations. The salute to America, a.k.a. the salute to Donald J. Trump. Um, all right, so a lot of people were pissed off because he had some tanks there and some flyovers and, you know, ludicrous, classless, tasteless stuff, right? Yeah. Um, this isn't the first time that's happened. Uh, evidently, Dwight D. Eisenhower also had some tanks uh, at his uh, salute to America. I don't know what the hell they called his July 4th celebration back in the day. But, of course, Dwight D. Eisenhower didn't cozy up with dictators. He was someone who warned us against the, uh, against the military-industrial complex. He was someone who, dare I say, had a little bit more wisdom than Donald Trump. So I think in the context of how Donald Trump operates, that is why people were like, huh, do we really want to see tanks and planes fly overhead at our July 4th celebration when this guy goes and cozies up with Vladimir and and Kim Jong-un? Although Kim Jong-un, by the way, with Donald Trump, the administration has just placed sanctions on North Korea. And so he's very upset about that. So that whole meeting at the demilitarized zone, that whole weird sh- handshake that they had, it is as shallow as it appears to be theatrical. Yeah, It is, no, it is all a farce. I don't think any other July 4th celebration had the same air of like 
uh, a 38 year old man renting out a Dave and Buster's uh, right. for his birthday. Oh, the, that, the, but that is fun. I'm I'm gonna be 38 July 21st. Oh wow! Did I just did I just give it away? <laughs> your birthday celebration. I have a fluorescent light bulb going off on top of my head. Yes, I think D and B. Is where I gotta go. Is that where you're gonna be in Hollywood? Okay, great. I'll be in L.A. But th- yeah, it's you know he against the better judgment of P- D.C. officials like rented or not rented he no he doesn't out, have to rent them brought out he's tanks, paid for them that's for damn brought out sure. tanks that were going to I guess lower the street level by several inches and Brilliant. like destroy bridges and. Uh, now, of course, none of that really happened, but it was, you know, I think optics-wise, it was not not good. Uh, and it is really interesting, of course, because he got this idea, not just from dictators, but also from the French. This is where he got the idea, if you remember, when he was in French visiting Macron, um, their leader over there, of course. Uh, he saw their Bastille's Day, or he learned about Bastille Day. And he's like, that sounds amazing. We're going to do tanks in America. He literally got this idea from the French. And this is one of those, again, where your brain is just like, what? Like whiplash? Crazy? Republicans, I remember when they made fun of the French and they hated the French. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure we called French fries freedom fries yes. for a summer in this freaking country. Yes, I'm so young that I uh, I only knew them as freedom fries, of actually. No, there's nothing I more. I learned recently that they're called French fries. Yeah, I know, I but know. But you'd, you'd think he'd take more trappings from, like... European dynasty monarchy kind of things too. Like I'm really surprised he doesn't carry a scepter Ooh. or do like a a plush uh, kind of robe or you know a cape or anything. Well, like he that. does kind of wear a robe because he doesn't get his clothes fitted, um, which is why sometimes he looks like a little boy in a big man suit. <laughs> no, he wears the talking head suit. The, he really does the, the stop making sense suit. He really does. But on more of a serious note, because I think that was just sort of one of those another. You know, kind of superficial, like, yeah, let's look at what the dopey dumb shit is doing. But on a serious note, I did hear some uh, liberal commentators talking about how I am just concerned that Donald Trump is going to turn these tanks on the American people. And I'm thinking in my head, uh, you are way behind, way behind <laughs> the military 1033 program where people get literally local police mun- municipalities get first dibs on any, it's like uh, overstock.com, oh, yes. but for killing machines. Yeah. So all of these small municipalities all around this country, my hometown again of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, 25,000 people have it. It has a tank. Yes. There, there has never been a massive crime there, never been a killing spree. There's just no reason it is for Stevens Point to have a freaking tank. And that is indicative of thousands and thousands of small towns all over this country. So when we talk about oh, this is a, a an indicator that he may send the tanks, and this is this is a bipartisan problem. He's going to send the tanks to our streets. Well, I'm sorry, folks. They're already here. Yeah, I mean, it is so fright. I mean, as a, uh, you know, like a 19-year-old in Georgia driving through Rinkin, Georgia, just like a, Rinkin. a super small, like, crappy town in Georgia, and then seeing, like, four Dodge Charger souped-up police cars. Yeah. <laughs> with like artillery Why? in the backseat yeah. it is very scary and it's like wait what exactly is happening here Are, is there like some rival gang of uh like fast and furious style terrorists right, in, in right. rinkin georgia that i'm i also need to be aware of or is it more like uh a bunch of poor people who live next mm. to a, a paper plant uh, yes. and then they're being sort of controlled and enforced by uh yeah by the Transformers. Could be. I think it's more the latter. Yeah. Yes, and of course, if you want a great documentary on that, do not resist. Uh, it is a wonderful documentary, and it's heartbreaking. 
it's crazy the the paramilitarization of the police force in so many cities across this country is disgusting there's one scene in there where they literally they're just they're going into a the it was the kid he was around 19 or 20 years old they speculated he may have been selling marijuana sure god forbid he wants to be a businessman and they break down the kitchen window. They break in the living room window. They find a nugget of weed in one of his textbooks, swear to God. And then they just leave. And they're like, nah, all right, I guess we didn't get it. Meanwhile, they've basically bulldozed yes. this house. And then they're like, well, have fun cleaning that up, poor black family, because it's just, it only gets easier. Yeah. So when we talk about that, we never actually talk about the truth, specifically on television news. Everyone wants to talk about everything in the context of like Donald Trump is having a parade. And you know those Hollywood types like Donald Trump. They love a parade. Mm -hmm. They love a parade. Um, but in reality, unfortunately, the truth is our streets are already full of tanks and they're all being uh, driven by Boss Hog from the Dukes of Hazard. So just remember that because that is a big, big issue. So uh, overall, I think July 4th for us personally, I had a great time. Uh, I, I got to hang out with Holden McNeely from The Wizard and the Bruiser. Ah. And Devin, who is a good friend. He's in a great band called The Cowmen, and he does some other bands as well. Uh, so I just had a nice time. Had a little barbecue, had some burrs, and uh, overall, a pretty good vacation. How was your July 4th? Uh, I rented a dog to walk. You did? Yes. You can go to a... There's an uh, there's a kennel in here. I don't know if we should like pl uh, plug him or just... Yeah, plug it. Uh, Sean Casey... The Sean uh, Casey Kennel. Yes. You can rent dogs. It's you, a brothel for dogs. Well, you go in there and you're like, I want to walk a dog. And they're like, good, because these dogs love to go on walks. And then you Thank just God. you just pick one out and take them for a walk for like 45 minutes. Wow. And I, I wanted, I don't have a dog right now. And I wanted to, I wanted to, <laughs> I don't know, be around a dog on this very loud, explosive day and just sort right. of be like, hey. It's okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I walked the dog around uh, the park, and then I went to see the fireworks on a friend's rooftop. It was great. All right, there you go. That's, I think... Uh uh, I think that was. I think that basically we we did a pretty basic July Fourth. I, I think we. I think we did it right. Yeah, I mean, the night devolved into me telling a bunch of stories about all the times I've been mugged. Good. But, Good. Uh, but, the, but yeah, it's pretty much a pretty standard 4th of July. Absolutely. But yeah, go, go uh, find out if you can do that in your city. If you can yeah. go, like, just take a dog out for 45 minutes. Because sure. I did not know about that until, like, Two weeks ago, were you were you a person who was uh, were you one of the Johns that Cardi B uh, <laughs> used to work with? Because that's what she used to do. She used to drug him and mug him. Uh, Which actually, yeah, drug no, him. No, I mean, I was I was on a date when I got mugged by uh, by ten teenagers on bikes uh, with baseball bats, like the Warriors. You probably like the Warriors, okay. but uh, but uh, it was not a it wasn't like a, a brutal mugging. They just kind of slipped by on their bikes they they used a baseball bat to just pick up my messenger bag and then they drove off and then i very stupidly uh, you had a messenger bag that explains yes it. that's it and Isn't then that i sad i'm I, kind of victim blaming here but yeah you, well you it, was just, it was just lying there too there was like a laptop in it my my wallet mm. everything was in that bag and then yeah. he, he just scooped it up with his baseball but very skillfully yeah and then uh i decided to run after them and like a really genius idea. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because I'm running down this steep decline, this concrete decline. And then they were sort of withholding the bat. They didn't want to use their force. Good. Um, good. But as I started running, one did come up behind me and whack me in the head with a bat. All right. Uh, well, there you go. That'll happen. Is there anything more annoying than bad Wi-Fi? 
I know I hate the dead zones in my apartment, but it's understandable why so many of us get terrible Wi-Fi. The single router model just doesn't work for our increasingly high bandwidth world. It's simple physics. Like light waves, Wi-Fi waves don't go through walls well. Imagine asking a light bulb in your living room to light your master bedroom. That's where today's sponsor, Eero, comes in. With Eero, you can install an entertainment-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. Simply download the Eero app on your iOS or Android devices, and it'll walk you through each step of the process. It's quick easy and painless and Eero comes with tons of features your standard routers skimp on since traditional routers don't push software updates to their consumers they are left vulnerable to cyber attacks Eero updates automatically so that you not only have the latest features but the latest security at all times I got Eero and it's a miracle of miracles the Wi-Fi in my apartment is the best it's ever been I often work from home, and honestly, my Wi-Fi was so bad, I had to do most of my work at the kitchen table. And now I can set up my home office in my bedroom thanks to Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Visit http colon slash Eero.com slash Top Hat and at checkout enter Top Hat. You must use the URL to receive this offer. That's E-E-R-O dot com slash Top Hat. And at checkout, enter Top Hat. Let's talk now about this census thing. So first of all, Wilbur Ross, he's the Commerce Secretary. Yeah, he's still alive. I know you see him on TV and he's talking. You're like, how is that? Did he sleep in Pet Cemetery? Is this a what broadcast is going on? from like 1985? Like, it's is this insane. A, is this person still here? Is he, he with us? He is like, yes, it is like weekend at Wilbur's. I don't believe he's still alive. I'm pretty sure he's being held up by very thick fishing line. But he's the Commerce Secretary. They did just start printing the U.S. Census without without the citizenship question on it. So I was on Fox News arguing with people as always, and. It really is interesting to me how this has now become another political wedge issue for Donald Trump. Uh, some of one of the people, one of the dudes, Joe uh, uh, Pino, I think his name was, mm-hmm. uh, nice enough guy, but uh, Pinion, I think, uh, nice enough guy, but um, he was talking about how it's like, well, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything, and he doesn't think the American people care about the census question. Uh, and then he's also talking about how uh, the Democrats are playing politics with this. And this is one of the and I know the Democrats have their own problems. I think everyone that listens to this show knows that we all know that because if you talk to anyone anywhere, they will tell you that. But this is really a reaction to Donald Trump wanting to put this unbelievably ludicrous question on. And why is it ludicrous? I'll get to that in a second on the census. So it's not as if the Democrats did not create this controversy. This came out of the ether. For Donald Trump to have another wedge issue, to have something else to fight about, this is a perfect culture war fight for Donald Trump. It's all emotion. Um, and the the statement up top, which is just like, well, why don't we know? Why shouldn't we know if there's a citizen? Why, why shouldn't we know if they are a citizen? It's hard for some people to be like, well, yeah, what's wrong with that? Just like listen to Donald Trump and be like, well, what's wrong with that? So the Democrats just simply reacted and are like, no, dude, you can't do that because it's ludicrous. It's going to completely undermine our democratic process, and it is going to make the census moot 
because it's going to force people not to fill it out. Yes. So we're not going to get a proper indicator of who is in our districts, who is in our country, uh, how much funding to give these areas for infrastructure, for schools, uh, libraries, whatever it might be. We need to have this information be as accurate as possible. And if the citizenship question pushes people away from filling out the census, that is going to skew the entire thing and make it basically entirely useless. So why is this such a political uh, move by Donald Trump? 2018, we know that the House, the Democrats were able to pick up 66 seats, 44 of those moderates. The others were more to the left. We know the Republican Party was reeling. Uh, they were trying to figure out a messaging plan. They were trying to figure out how the hell are we going to get back those places like Orange County, which turned blue. Mm -hmm. How are we going to do it? Politic-wise or policy-wise, maybe they realize that they are totally screwed. Therefore, what do they have to do? They have to gerrymander and redistrict further. They are The Democrats have tried to do it. The first guy who did it, I believe, was a Democrat. But the Republicans have perfected it. So all this is, this citizenship question, all this is, is going to be used to further gerrymander and redistrict certain districts for in favor of Republican gain. Again, because they they got screwed, or in their they they got beaten, not screwed. They got properly beaten in 2018. They want to ensure that doesn't happen again. So this is a hyper partisan political move by the president of the United States and the Republican Party in general to further redistrict and undermine our democratic process. That is why it should not be allowed to go through, and that is why the Supreme Court said, hey, dude, no can do. However, this conservative Supreme Court, let's not forget, Mitch McConnell made sure Merrick Garland wasn't going to get through. Donald Trump has stacked the court, uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. This is a conservative court, so if they say no to Donald Trump, you know he's way off base. But they didn't say no outright. They basically told Donald Trump, it's not so much the citizenship question that is the problem. It's the way you asked if we can put it on the census. Because he asked like a bloviating idiot, like a dotard. Uh, and, of course, if you look at his Twitter feed, it is completely undermining any attempt to actually get the citizenship question on the census. So the Supreme Court basically said, yeah, we'll give it to you. Just don't ask like a total dickweed. And then, yeah, we can maybe see if this is possible. Yeah, be a little bit more nuanced and subtle about That's your, your kind of craven attempts to uh, to stack the deck. I mean, it reminds me, of course, of the so-called Muslim ban because Donald Trump called it a Muslim ban, despite the fact those states make up only about 15% of the total Muslim community across the world. But why was it called a Muslim ban? Because Donald Trump called it a Muslim ban. And, uh, you know, that's unconstitutional. Yeah, they were, and his his cronies are like, call it call it like the danger zone bill or something. <laughs> Don't call exactly. it the Muslim ban. Exactly. So that is why the citizenship question is hyper-political it has nothing to do with actually gathering more information about the populace of this country. My father, as I mentioned on Fox News, he's a German immigrant, not a citizen. He married my mother. He's still just a resident. So now he has to go. And this is, of course, the irony is they supported Donald Trump uh, because he's pro-life and they're single issue voters and we don't have to get into all that. But the irony is if he has to fill out the census and say he's not a citizen, I don't know. I mean, I, I realize when we say immigrant, we mean brown immigrant. Yes. But in theory, ICE could be knocking on the door, being like, what's going on, dude? What, what, you know, and let's see your papers. And 
this is so this is not just just Latino people at risk here. This is anyone who is a resident of this country, such as my father. And again, I understand when we talk about immigrant, it's wink, wink, brown ones. Right. But anyway, so that is why, in my personal humble Ben Kissel opinion, the citizenship question does not belong on our census. And all it's going to do, as I forementioned, uh, is make the census unreliable. The information is not going to be accurate. It's going to allow for gerrymandering and redistricting to happen by the Republicans to assure they don't lose again like in 2018. And it's simply going to push people underground further. And as we know, when people are pushed underground, that's when that's when true crime begins to happen, when mm-hmm. they don't feel as if they have or under reporting of crime. You're raped. Uh, you're robbed. You don't feel like you can go to the authorities because if you go to the authorities, well, it doesn't matter if you were raped or robbed uh, because you're here illegally anyway. So now you're going to get deported. Yeah, and I think the immigration stuff is, besides uh, painting all Democrats as socialists, uh, I think the immigration thing is sort of the other cornerstone of Trump's 2020 platform. Uh, it's going to be to sort of provoke the the left, the, the Democrats to be like, because a lot of them in the debates actually were like, if we do all, if we do a Medicare for all thing, will immigrants be allowed on that plan right and they all sort of i think all of them said yes all of them well i mean the fact of the matter is when it comes to the constitution it it, it protects anyone who is in this country yeah not just citizens the united states constitution it covers all it is not just citizens yeah so you have a constitutional right when you are in this country for you know our bill of rights to be treated like a human being you have rights inalienable rights that are given to you by the United States Constitution if you're a citizen or not. Um, so this simply undermines these, so these, many. This is why people say this citizenship question is unconstitutional. But these, yeah, these questions of, of uh, immigration are definitely going to be a huge it's, thing it's gonna be in big. 2020. So as I mentioned, the 1950 census. So this is the last time a census actually had the question about citizenship, but they asked it in more of a roundabout way. The question on the census sheet was, what state or foreign country were you born in? Now, if someone said they had been born outside the U.S., then they were instructed to immediately ask, whether that person was naturalized, which would mean that person had become a U.S. citizen. The point of comparison to 1950 is that the last time the topic of citizenship was included, uh, it was then. So unlike the 1950 census, the citizenship question that the Trump administration wants to ask uh, is very direct. It is, quote, is this person a citizen of the United States? So you could argue in the 1950s this, this was floated. I would also say, okay, it we've done just fine without it, yeah. and we don't need it now. This is just another political move by Donald Trump uh, to attempt to reassure his reelection. So again, playing politics with things that usually, I'm just going to say this, I don't recall a census ever being partisan. Yes, it is simply <laughs> a document to be like, who the hell is here? I have never heard of this being a being a partisan issue until Donald Trump. And that is entirely on purpose. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit here about uh, Kamala Harris. And then I want to mention uh, this uh, little article I read about young people and employment. So Kamala Harris, obviously, she's doing well now. Uh, yes. The Quinnipiac poll, uh, Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac, 
that poll has her tied with Joe Biden at this point. So there is a lot of competition in the primary. Happy to see it. Of course, I think Kamala came across, and I know I'm pronouncing her. It's, it's Kamala. Kamala. I don't know. There's another Kamala? way to pronounce Yeah, Kamala. Kamala. I don't. I got the DMs. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I'm doing my freaking best over here, okay? We'll go with Miss Harris. How does that sound? Um, it's Mrs. Harris. She's married. Yes. Okay, Mrs. Harris, okay? Is everyone happy now? Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Kamala, she she wiped the floor with Biden. Yeah, that and was it was funny. it was interesting because of course, you know, she's no she's no dove herself when it comes to locking up uh people of color, uh poor black people. That was really when she was a prosecutor, I'm just going to say she was a little aggressive for my liking. Nonetheless, in the debate, she was able to get uh, Joe Biden on busing. Now, of course, busing, most of the American people don't agree with busing from the federal level. However, we're in a Democratic primary, and that's what they're trying. That, those are the folks they're trying to cater to. Uh, Joe Biden did a horrible job, and we talked about this on last week's episode, just did a horrible job of, like, being there, like, defending himself. He didn't mention DACA once, yeah. like, when talking about immigration. He didn't mention all of the great things. Gay marriage was literally because he was on a show and was like, I think it should be legal. And then the White House was like, okay, right. let's follow Uncle Joe. <laughs> um, I like his idea about reworking the ACA. It needs to be reworked and fixed. So, you know, he just did not defend himself at all, and he did not show up. And I watched this interview with Joe Biden recently, and he was talking about how he's like, I was surprised that they were coming after me for my record. And also he said, I was surprised that it came from uh, Kamala because she knew Bo, she knows me. And to Kamala's credit, she's like, dude, you this has been in the news for two and a half weeks that you praised working with segregationists. Now, I understand the point that Joe Biden was trying to make, but it was like, ooh, he dropped the ball a little bit on that, uh, on that uh, association. So it's not as if this was something that she just came up with and was this like super personal. But Joe Biden, again, dude, I know you're not listening. Oh, maybe someone, maybe someone who works for his campaign is, or maybe he is. Who knows? I know John McCain used to listen. But if Joe Biden, like, dude, you're in a debate. You're a running for president. Like, it's not a cakewalk. What, did any nobody on his team was like, look, this is the narrative. This is what's going to happen. Every single newspaper has been talking about how you said you were happy to work with segregationists. The fact that it wasn't brought up more, like, she was the only one to bring it up. And it's like, dude, you have to show up. Did you, did he, yeah, did he think he could just show up with, like, some folksy, like, you know, I'm a man who butters my toast on both sides of the Ooh, bread. And then, like, yeah, bacon, get, yeah. people are going to talk about the busing thing. His the, record. His record. The, the, the one thing. But it is funny how... <laughs> Uh, she brought it up it was like they had a in the moment there was like a big kind of kerfuffle she did and then she was like wait a second she like just kind of stopped the kerfuffle mm-hmm. and said joe biden i don't think you're racist and then she goes into her like prepared uh that little girl was me speech yeah and then immediately as she does that her campaign tweets out a photo of her and it's like they started making t-shirts it was like you, yes you you didn't see how like orchestrated all of this was gonna and be you she, she, and he looks very off he looked oh he was, he was like, like wait a second no kamala we've known each other for years it's what? like yeah but you're on a debate stage now you know lebron and durant know each other every nba player knows each other and when they are in a game they still try to win the freaking game yeah every football player basically knows each other i mean it is it's like ridiculous that his defense was like we're friends. Yeah, it's like being it's like one of those like pre-boxing match promo sessions where you're like they they bring both contenders out and then they like give them mics and then being surprised when the other guy's like I'm gonna punch you in the face. What? No me? way. We just talked in the green room and now you're gonna punch me in the face. Of course. 
Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting Top Hat. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. From step-by-step recipes to pre-measured ingredients, you'll have everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. There's something for everyone, from family recipes to calorie-smart and vegetarian, and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. Add extra meals to your weekly order, as well as yummy sides like garlic bread and cookies dough. My favorite thing about HelloFresh, they are super easy to fit into your lifestyle. Easily change your delivery days, food preferences, and skip a week whenever you need. I had a chance to try HelloFresh and they are a game changer. After traveling in Australia this month, there's nothing I wanted more than a good home-cooked meal and some quality Ben time. That's why I was so excited that this week on the menu was peppercorn gravy steak with roasted broccoli and garlic bread. It was easy, delicious, and it didn't use a bunch of pots and pans. I loved it so much, I'm keeping the recipe card for the next time it's date night. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash TopHat80 and enter TopHat80. It's like receiving eight meals free. That's $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TopHat80 and enter TopHat80. So because of that strong debate performance from her, and I'm just talking about the politics, whether you like her or not, it's all good. She, she, um, she did jump up. And now she is starting to come out with some policies. This policy is a $100 billion plan to invest in black home ownership. Uh, she was speaking at the Essence uh, 25th Essence Festival uh, this past weekend. Again, really spreading the narrative that, you know, she was the second girl or second uh, class of girls to integrate this all-white school, all this stuff. Uh, some of it is not really ringing true because the school she went to had actually never been segregated. And there are some issues, but nonetheless, every politician frames the way that they want to be seen. And she has all the rights to do that, just as Elizabeth Warren is trying to do it, just as Joe Biden desperately needs to figure out how to do it. And, of course, Donald Trump has framed himself as an everyman. And I think we know that that's not necessarily was, the was case. Was Biden speaking at Essence Fest as well? Was he, I don't was, know. Was I he before or after her I, Harris? I actually don't know. <laughs> I think that there were more than one Democratic candidate, but I just saw her uh, speech. And, you know, it was she. she's doing a good job. The crowd was definitely into it. So uh, her plan is a $100 billion plan. She cited a study when bringing out this plan that this would help eliminate disparity in home ownership and could boost the median black wealth by $32,000 per household and shrink uh, the wealth gap between black and white households by 31%. Um, which I think, obviously, this is something that we have to address. I mean, redlining is a very real thing. Uh, when, when it comes to real estate, we talk about racial racial situations and, uh, and racial problems from a government perspective on a regular basis. But the racial history, the racist history of lending and lenders yeah. and real estate is brutal. They are some of the most they, – they need – uh, to atone for some of that. So this is a quote from her. This is what she said at the Essence Festival. This was in New Orleans, which I would have loved to go. To oh. Essence Fest in New Orleans? I would totally, I would go in a heartbeat. Yeah, I've gone to Jazz Fest. I would go to New any Orleans. fest. I just want to go to New Orleans. This is according to Harris. This is what she said. She said, we must right the wrong and after generations of discrimination, give black families a real shot 
a real shot at home ownership, historically one of the most powerful drivers of wealth. So these, the plan that she has uh, debuted would give a $100 billion grant through uh, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, which of course you might now know is led by yeah, you know, just the flamboyant Ben Carson. Ben Carson, of course. So, of this, twenty-five thousand can be given to families or individuals to help with down payments and closing costs. Harris's campaign said the grant could benefit up to four million families. The grant is specifically for those who are purchasing a principal residence and have lived for at least ten years in a historically redlined community, going back to that idea of redlining, in historically redlined communities, grantee families cannot have an annual income of more than 100K or 125K in high-cost areas, and grantee individuals cannot make over $50,000 or $75,000 in high-cost areas. So Harris's proposal would strengthen the enforcement of anti-discrimination laws to prevent uh, discrimination in home sales, rentals, and loans, and expand funding for the housing education and counseling program. This is what she had to say. She said, by taking these steps, we can shrink the wealth gap between black and white households by at least one-third. So uh, we'll see if that works. Oftentimes, throwing money at things is not the way to go, but I do believe that something has to be done. And if it could help 4 million black families or low-income families, I think that that is a wonderful thing. And when we talk about, you know, spending $700 billion annually on the military and so on and so forth, when it comes to government waste, uh, this this plan to me seems like it could be a proper investment into the future of this country and help people, again, with home ownership, which is for the longest, that is a prized notion yeah. in this country. And so. also, I mean, it hits more fundamentally at why busing needed needs to happen anyway because there's sort of a de facto segregation when it comes to housing and so they had to bus children to other well, neighborhoods and you know what i think about that we don't even need busing what we need to have is no more uh districts paying for their school like it needs to be the state should be paying uh, equally amongst all school districts. Sure. The fact that it's based... No, but to that point, yeah. actually, uh, Travis, as well, you're right as well, when it comes to home ownership, that's how we base how much money the school is Absolutely. going to get. You know, the the uh, what's the median cost of the homes in the area? What's the median income of homes in the area? Now, you would think that, oh, they must get more money for their schools. No, the opposite. Yeah. They get less money. That's why I'm saying... Despite what some of the rhetoric is from the political class, being poor is a colossal pain in the ass. Absolutely. You're going to fly on Spirit Airlines. Everyone's mean to you. It's a nightmare. You're driving on a donut. You're driving on a donut. I don't even know what that means, but sure. Your tire explodes and you, you just got a donut and you can't- Oh, I was thinking a literal donut. You can't spend $80 on a tire. I'm just thinking back to my <laughs> my uh, my 19-year-old college experience, just like completely broken. Oh, yeah. I had a- I had a uh, yeah, I had a wheel that was definitely going to pop at any time. It was the, it wasn't a fake wheel, but yeah. I think I was supposed to ride like a hundred miles on it. Yeah, I think I had it in my car for like a year. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, my old uh, what, what the hell kind of car was that? It was a uh, Mercury Sable. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Of course, Sable, also a wonderful professional wrestler. And by the way, kind of fun. My wrestling podcast that'll be out. It's going to start being out this week. 
So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Um, all right, just kind of closing up here a little bit, but I want to talk about this story because I just thought this was a really uh, interesting opinion. It's from The Hill, which I, if you don't go to the, thehill.com is really great. They have, uh, I, it's one of my favorite political sites. This is by a guy named Jarrett Skorup, and I have no idea who this dude is, so if he's a member of the alt-right, I have no clue, <laughs> but I don't think that he is. I hate that you have to preempt everything. I have no that. idea who he is because <laughs> next thing you know, I'm reading like, Jarrett Skorup is like, God knows, like one of the worst people of all time. I'm like, I didn't know. I just think this opinion from the Hill is smart. Um, so the name of the opinion piece is, want more young people employed, states should stop by barring them from work. So evidently, 25% of jobs today require an occupational license, and a vast majority of these have age requirements. So in Tennessee, for example, you can sign up for the police academy or become a firefighter as a teenager, but the state of Tennessee, known as the Volunteer State, which is interesting because um, I guess that's why they're called they're called the Volunteers. They're called the Volunteer State? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why employers don't have to pay a living wage. Um, requires a person to be 21 before they can work as an auctioner. In Alabama, it's 19. So you want to get a job as an auctioner, you got to be 21. Why? Who the hell knows? So right now, uh, America is having trouble finding referees, umpires, coaches, and others willing to serve kids through sports. Most states have no age limit on working as a high school coach. Maryland requires you to be 23. Now, I don't know. Maybe this makes a little bit of sense because you don't want someone just out of high school being a coach. Or then again, why not? Um, we did have one situation where a high school track coach of mine, he was probably 20, and he did end up uh, dating um, a gal in my class. But they are married, and she has three of his children. And I do believe she was 18. So not that controversy, but a little controversial. A little but also, I mean, what's to stop a 45-year-old man from trying the same thing? So uh, let's, That's let's a, hire good the freaking po- Good point. Yes. As a matter of fact, I'd put a 45-year-old man <laughs> upset with his relationship, so mad at his own kids, hates his wife. Or vice versa, maybe it's a woman hates her husband or her wife. We can go down, or her, or a coach, you're just, you're just male do, coach hates his, we're just his do husband. All, all the combinations <laughs> of, of types of relationships. Maybe it's a polygamous situation where he hates <laughs> his husband and his husband and his husband. Maybe it's a homosexual and they're polygamous on an, relationship. They're on an island resort, and then the, there's an evil stepmother. Also, no, either way, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We just don't know. So uh, if you're interested in hiring a few high school kids to paint your old barn or shed, you're also out of luck. Michigan and California require people to pass a series of exams before getting licensed. And those two states, plus Nevada, Hawaii, Arizona, Maryland, Virginia, Oregon, Rhode Island, and North Dakota all have a minimum age of 18 to be a painter, which I do think is interesting. We hear these stories all the time about you know, people, uh, little girls and boys uh, doing lemonade stands, and then all of a sudden they get a fine because they don't have a business license. You know, it just seems like there's so much red tape now for people. And that's when, when we talk about free college, which I think affordable college is really obviously the way to go. Something has to happen with these exorbitant costs that uh, that these colleges have put in place for people to go get their degrees just so they can have the hope of a future. And not that you need to go to college to have a future. I know a lot of very successful people who are much smarter than me that did not go to college. But when we talk about vocational education, when we talk about, you know, everyone's always bitching about how millennials are lazy, all yeah. this kind of stuff. If you really look at what's going on, it makes it extremely difficult uh, for them to get jobs, to get experience. And then, of course, when they do end up being 20, 21, they're saddled with so much debt. 
they finally got all the requirements to go become a teacher and you realize you're starting off at 45k a year good luck i think we underestimate how much people want to lord over teenagers also i mean when i was a teenager i was one of those guys where it was like i want to be if i can go to war i want a beer and then when i was 16 when I was like 14, I was like, I should be able to drive. Like, oh, well, no. well, like of course, it, as I get older, I think you should have to be 37 to drive. <laughs> Just one day younger than me. <laughs> Between 37 and 39 is that, the pr- prime driving it. age for all citizens. <laughs> I think, but like going back to the whole like disdain for millennials, it's there's just always this like top down just wanting to rule over this like a, a, a subclass. And then teenagers yeah. just happen to be like, one of those people that you can really talk down to really can even though they might be more qualified especially in like our you know in the sense of tech stuff like these these teenagers are like way more qualified for than any of these like uh, like the boomers that are looking down on them so it's just funny that there seems to be a lot of like artificial hindrances put towards these people to put, put towards teenagers and young people and uh, I mean, it's just it's just funny to me. It it is interesting because when we talk about college, I mean, the one thing uh, when it comes to free college, my concern is I just don't want to push the bar further. I think that if you if you have a high school degree or a, uh, a GED, uh, that should be good enough. Why can't you go work? You should be able to work in jobs, um, you know, vocational jobs that you learn on the job, carpentry, those kinds of things, I, I, uh, construction. So that's my only concern is like, okay, now now you have to have a four-year degree, uh, and now everyone that has money is going to get a master's degree. Yeah. So now you're just going to be screwed anyway. They'll be like, oh, that's really cute. You have an undergrad degree. Well, all of these people have master's degrees yeah. because they had enough cash to stay in school until they were 35. I think there's a certain strata of our society yeah. that is more more comfortable with seeing people in service industry jobs and like stuff that is prohibitive to enter. Like They want barrier to entry. And they want to sort of be able to lord over what they consider to be sort of a, a sub sub society. Absolutely. And this guy continues to say he's like sixteen year olds can drive cars and obtain their student pilot certificate, but they're not able to cut or braid hair professionally. Like it's just ridiculous. Honestly, the the hair cutting thing is so. Cr- <laughs> I understand. Like if I go to a barber, I don't want to just get the the Polish bowl cut yeah. that I got for years at model barbers yeah. off of the uh, Lorimer stop here in Williamsburg. I would go in and be like, I kind of wanted to go. And they'd be like, I'm just gonna give you a bowl cut. Oh I'm yeah. Like, okay. I, I learned that lesson a long time ago. <laughs> I, I have a guy in Flatiron District, Toshi. Who only yes. cuts me? He's only allowed to touch my hair <laughs> because so many barbers are like that. They're just yeah. like they just go. They just their eyes glaze over as soon yes. as you start talking about what you want with your hair. Yep. And then they just give you yeah the the fucking tail. the Three Stooges special. Yes. And uh, so now I I've like specifically found somebody to do my hair. Absolutely. And that being said, you know what we did? We said, oh, that wasn't a good haircut. I'm going someplace yes, else. Exactly. I didn't care if they were accredited. <laughs> I just care if I don't know if the people that are cutting my hair have a degree. I don't know. I yeah. don't care if the end result is good. That is all that matters. So we got to just get away with some of this, get rid of some of this red tape and make it easier for people to um, actually participate in this economy. You know, we talk about, oh, everyone's so lazy. It's like, well, you know what, guys? Uh, there is a lot of obstacles in people's way. Never an excuse. We can always hurdle those obstacles as much as we possibly can. But there is no denying it makes it a hell of a lot harder just admit, when you have when you're running the hurdles and the other people are just doing the 100 mile sprint. Yeah, just admit you want to choke a 19 year old out. That's it. <laughs> just admit it. You all this all this like bickering and like oh like well you know choking it you know sometimes I think we all want to choke just, a 19 year old. Just out. admit that's it. why I want to see him at work. I don't want to see him on the street. I want to see him at work because uh, no 19 year olds aren't bad. 
it's more than 15 to 17 year olds where they're strong they still have a mind of a child like I was and I'm only saying this because I was a horrible teenager uh, I certainly wasn't someone that any adult was happy to see no uh, sure. but that was on purpose anyway speaking of the youth just lastly this is uh, just a little bit of a lighter story Lil Nas X yeah oh, nailing it now Lil Nas Lil Lil Nas X good lord almighty do you know do you uh, know his song no I don't you I don't, don't you, I don't know anything about you the didn't youth. prepare by, no, by, by I, listening to all 40 remixes of Old Town Road I have no idea I'm sure he's great I'm sure he's a wonderful man I don't know he and Governor Jay Inslee are per- perhaps going to collaborate on a uh, climate bill. This is according to Twitter, which if we can't trust Twitter, what can we trust? Little Nas X tweeted on Friday, stop it, I-T-T-T-T, global warming, stop now. <laughs> and then Inslee on Saturday responded, let's collab at Little Nas X. So they might be getting together, and we can only hope that Inslee and Nas X is going to be a better collaboration than when he collaborated with country artist Billy Ray Cyrus. That is the oh you know what I have heard old time you Road. have heard it yes yes Brooke played it for me it's good it's good yeah it's good. are you saying I will, good I will say it's good your your eyebrows say well, bad I was, you know, but your I was, word is good when I first heard it I was like what what is this why why do I like this so much and then uh, I read an article apparently it's a, a sample of a Nine Inch Nails song it's an instrumental album by uh, by Trent Reznor. And uh, he just took a piece of this instrumental song. Uh, I think it's called Ghost 34. Huh. And uh, number, he used huh? it as the beat in Old Town Road. Now, I don't really like the Billy Ray Cyrus part, but overall it is a fun, well, I thought, good song. I thought Billy, Billy Ray was a good rapper. It, yeah, sure. Okay. It, there's, there's something about, I don't know. I was in, I, I kind of have like a, a weird experience i was walking through maine portland maine recently yeah that's where i went instead of australia great and i was listening to like old town road over and over again now why were you listening to it over and there, over again? i don't know it just it, there is something about it that is like it resonates uh-huh. and especially if you're walking around a bunch of like cool outdoorsy scenery there is something i and also i felt like in a place like Maine, I was like, I'm glad to to be listening to this young person song right now, oh, yeah. and I, I'm I'm I I I hope it angers the olds around me. Yeah, buddy, I, I oh, hope you're, so. you're a hip guy. Uh, but no, I think Lil Nas X is a one of the rare instances of just a pure beam of positive energy shooting All out right. of shooting out of the the internet. Like there is everything about him is just like funny and good and nice. And That's uh, great. the fact that he is a gay man on uh oh he had the number one he country had the number one song. country song and he's just a gay black kid and he's uh, I don't know how old is he how uh, how old he is but uh he's just like totally riding the wave of uh-huh. this like positive energy and kind of lifting up of a bunch of people online and it, there's just absolutely nothing negative about it all right i love it so i mean just back to the jay Inslee thing though like that is just sort of another example of like oh this is, so people can just be like positive beams of light shooting out of the internet the, other, yeah. the otherwise like just horrible bog that is the the nightmare world that is the internet i know it all right well there that is that's a fun story hopefully they can get together and do something uh positive in the world and uh and help us with our climate battle, we got to get rid of single-use plastics, and I am perpetrator 
Number one, I uh, it's really bad. And the sad, I just read that article where they finally got to like one of the deepest parts of the ocean and they just found plastic. And it's like, oh, <laughs> we got to clean up the oceans. Anyway, um, all right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And also, I don't have any dates yet, but the Hail Yourself America documentary, that is going to be coming out live. I'm going to be doing live shows. Um, so I think there's going to start in August. So it'll be cool. I'll talk for like 20 minutes, show the documentary, take some questions, maybe do a meet and greet, maybe go out to a bar afterwards, have a nice time. So wait, uh, stay tuned uh, for that because that would be an absolute blast uh, to hang out with everyone. And uh, yeah, it'll be wonderful. Maybe a little, little town hall-esque. Um, so that could be cool. Um, All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Hope you're having a wonderful weekend. Hope you had a good July 4th. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.